Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Untucked. Today we are going to talk about uh, cryptocurrency, its opportunities, and also its challenges. Um, we are going to discuss the true cost of upgrading your cell phone. And then finally, we're going to get into Facebook and social media and the risks, responsibilities. Uh, we'll dive into it to a bunch of it. Enjoy. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome to episode 59 of Untucked. This is Megan. And Mike. This is Jeff. Did you guys know that the tin can was invented in 1810? Which is one thing. But the can opener was invented in 1858. Like almost 50 years, we had tin cans and didn't have a can opener. So what they use, like a hammer? Like a hammer and a chisel. Like, what? <laughs> 50 years. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a fun fact. I would have assumed like a year and a half later, like someone's like, okay, we got to like invent a can opener. Or like simultaneously. Like we have this can, but we have no way without possibly like hammering off a like a digit right by to open it that would have been a fun fact how many fingers were lost <laughs> opening cans in the early parts <laughs> the fo- first 50 years without one all right where do we want to start so many so many places to go <laughs> uh huge birds win on sunday huh how about it i mean just an absolute stomping it was 54 nothing, or, or I'm sorry, 44 nothing. basically. They scored, right? They scored a late junk touchdown. Mm-hmm. I think they missed a two-point conversion. It was 44-6. I mean, I don't believe that Birds are a good team, although they, like, dismantled a bad team, which is what you want, which is what good teams do. The Lions well, might be the worst football team I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. And I'm saying that not being dramatic. And right. we talked about <laughs> bad sports towns. I mean, Detroit's. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, you can't complain about Philly if you're watching these, these Pistons guys. Pistons have a few championships, don't they? Yeah, from when I was six. Uh, I don't think you were born. <laughs> Good teams destroy bad teams. <laughs> but oh my God. the Eagles but, are not a good team. I, I, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, but I still don't believe they're a good team. Right. I mean, who do they play this week? The Chargers? Chargers, yeah. Are they going to win or lose? I thought the Chargers were good-ish. It's in Philly, though. Apparently, the Chargers have a pretty atrocious run defense. Mm, so Sirianni's going to throw the ball 125 it's, times. That's going to be very interesting <laughs> to see. Is if he continues like exploiting a weakness and running the ball, or if he throws it. But I'm sticking with my, you know, they don't get more than six wins in the season. Yeah, agreed. Would I have three? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's probably fair. 
Are they three and four? Atlanta, Detroit. Wow. It's been so memorable. They beat the Falcons, they beat the Panthers, Panthers. and they beat the Lions. Yeah. They are three and five. Mm hmm. And they're like a game out of the wild card. <laughs> Look, we're a third through the season. This is important. You got to pay attention to this stuff. <laughs> Chargers, I'm saying loss. Broncos, loss. Saints, loss. Giants, win. Jets, win. Washington, loss. Giants. I mean, yeah, I mean, I just don't see how they get above six. I mean, maybe seven, but... It's very like this is the most unexcited I've been in about the Eagles. Yeah, really I do not time. care if I'm missing the game on Sunday, a game on Sunday at all. Just don't care. I've been to more games this year than maybe any season in my life, and I care less this year than any season in my life. Yeah, and I don't think any one of them has been home. Uh, no, I'm going to my first home one on Sunday. You're going to another Eagles game on Sunday? <laughs> Perks of dating a season ticket holder. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I do enjoy watching the game, so I, I'm a little bummed if I miss a, if I miss the game, even though it could be atrocious to watch. They're still my football team, so I enjoy watching the game. Um, but I'm not – usually every season I'm like, okay, we got a shot. Let's go get the Cowboys. Let's go get the Giants. Like, I'm excited about the season and their potential to make the playoffs. You just watch teams like the Chiefs and the Bucks and good teams, and it's like, my God, the Birds have, like, no chance if they even get a sniff of the playoffs of doing anything or beating them. those teams. I know the point you're making. The Chiefs kind of stink, though. Yeah, okay. Sorry. No, and I'm not trying to be – I'm bringing that up because, like, Patrick Mahomes – is he just like bad? Did they lose last night? No, they won. Okay. But he's like turned the ball over more this season than he has in like his entire career. It's got to be a line thing, right? You think? Yeah, it's got to be like the Lions week. So like any any quarterback in the NFL, if they don't have time, they stink. Yeah, but like think about his game. He he like he I feel like he's very risky when he runs because of the way he holds the ball. And that's been, like, the result of so many turnovers. It just gets knocked loose. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just laughing that Philly sports has now morphed into Kansas City sports. I know, I know. I don't really have a strong opinion. <laughs> I just, you said Chiefs, and I was like, they're not good. Yeah. Like, they're struggling. Sixers, big win last night at home against Portland without Embiid. Yeah. Without Tobias. Like, yeah. how did they do that? And it, it was... It was a good game. Yeah, yeah. Next man up mentality. <laughs> um, I mean, I ha I still employ my if Joe doesn't play, I don't watch rule, especially this early in the season. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, followed on Twitter, though. They played Portland where Damian Lillard plays, and that was one of the big – there was a lot of the talk in the offseason was like, Dame potentially wanting out of Portland and Philly being a potential destination. So apparently every player got booed and then they cheered for Dame and then there were cheer there were chants during the game, we want Lillard, we want Lillard. So <laughs> awesome. Philly was going all in trying awesome. to, to convince him to to leave Portland. But 
That's uh, yeah, I mean, I'm willing to go back to the tapes. Probably a lot of what I would say this point last season. Excited. Things are going well. <laughs> I'm all the way back in. The Ben Simmons drama, at least for now, seems to be um, slightly toned down. Where Where are we with that? Is he suspended still? No. Um, he is uh, taking time to work on his mental health. And he has having back pain, so he's uh, injured technically. So I suppose. two fake BS injuries, so that he doesn't have to report. I feel, I feel, I struggle with like saying the mental health thing is fake because obviously, like for Ben, I think it is fake, but I don't want to generalize that that I is understand. not a real thing. Um, for Ben, apparently, like. The collective bargaining agreement essentially says that if mental health is the reason you're not playing, it doesn't um, count against you in terms of being able to get paid. So they found like the one loophole that allows him because when he was holding out previously and not showing up, he wasn't getting paid. But now that that is the reason that is being told, um, he's cashing checks. Can you imagine? Like, like there must be they they must need like proof, right? So he's going to have to go hire a therapist, like have a few sessions. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what those sessions would be like if you're the therapist talking to Ben Simmons? So why are you here? Oh, I can't. I'm sure Ben says nothing for an hour because <laughs> I can't make a free throw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, brutal. Yeah. So I mean, life is good without him. I, Tyrese Maxey's playing awesome. Um, there's definitely an a noticeable difference in the spacing on the floor. I mean, Joe has all of the room he needs because you don't have a 6'10 guy in the dunker spot taking up, like, valuable real estate. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of good. And I think the thing that Ben always brought, we know this, is defense and – there's going to be matchups, particularly in the each in the East with Brooklyn and with Milwaukee, where they're going to struggle to defend. It's good now, and I'm excited. Went to my first game of my ten game ticket package. Saw them beat the Hawks. Dude, they didn't just beat the Hawks; they destroyed the Hawks, the team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year. <laughs> like it made no sense. They killed them. Yeah, and it was cool to be down there. So. I'm back in, you know, this Good. cycle of being a Philadelphia sports fan. <laughs> Is there opportunity Continues. for them to get another piece this season? Like if they like they have time to move Ben and possibly get something, right? Yeah, the issue with moving Ben is his trade value is on the floor. Right. Like no one wants him and Daryl Morey's already said like I'll keep him for 4 years if that means getting what he believes is adequate value back and there's just no there's nothing i mean there were apparently a couple deals with i think it was golden state and maybe sacramento that dare like the sixers turned down because they didn't feel like it was a fair deal which at the height of ben's career it probably wasn't but he's just fallen so quickly so so far and so quickly that like i think there's a decision to be made like you you take whatever you can get for him and just get him off the books and get him out of the organization or you do what we're doing what they're doing now. Right. Strange. 
Yeah, but I mean, as as they're constructed, they're probably a top four seed, but sure. they're not a Eastern Conference final team. Yeah. So it'll be an exciting season, and then it'll end in a disappointment, and then we'll do it all again next year. <laughs> now, now, now to your sport. Fly guys? Well, we just, I mean, it's it's soon. They're, they're four and two or something. They've looked generally good. <clears throat> a couple of areas of concern, but... Um, they got out to a start, I think, that they needed to. They're, they're, um, they went out west and played pretty well. and um, But they're in the toughest division in the league. Really? <clears throat> yeah, so, so they could even have a really good season point-wise and struggle to make the playoffs <clears throat> because they're just in a stacked division. I think all eight teams are above 500 so far. Like okay. It's just real, they're just all, all very good. Or, or good to very good. So, um, I like what I see out of him. Um, How are how's the goalie playing? How's Carter Hart playing? Fine, he's been totally fine. Um, Ryan Ellis has missed a few games, which is concerning because they need him. They really need him. Um, he's got a history of injuries too, so hopefully it's not a problem. Um, but they're they're a they're a pretty balanced team, and I think they're pretty fun to watch. Um, they're scoring some goals. So, who's coaching them now? Vino, same guy. Same guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really tuned into the Fly Guys yet. I have them on in the background, but haven't like sat down with like a cold beer and like, all right. Yeah. Well, plus they had like three 10 p.m. games on the West Coast. Yeah. Recently, so like that's very different. I had interest, and then I was like, oh, 10 p.m. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm not that hardcore of a fan. Yeah. No, they're they're. They're playing pretty well. They've got a game tonight against Arizona who's not good. So that's a, another good, to your point, good teams beat bad teams. Okay. Mm. So um, I would expect that to happen. So, yeah, I'm, I'm like you, Meg. I'm kind of in the same, back to the same <laughs> spot, which is I think they're going to have a pretty good season, and I'm in. Yeah. It's too early to it be is early. Like, so, down so early. on it. Yeah. I mean, we can be down on the birds because they stink. <laughs> And the season's shorter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're halfway through. Yeah. So. All right. Let's get into right. it. Coach's, Coach's Corner. Coach's Corner. Crypto fever could put financial advisors in a bind. Near Kassar, from Advisors Perspective, wrote this article, which discusses the crypto craze that seems to be here to stay and the things advisors are going to have to start addressing regarding cryptocurrencies, whether they want to or not. Questions from clients, positioning in a portfolio, managing FOMO. Dismissing the asset class is likely no longer an acceptable stance. We found this article pretty relevant because of the discussion we had at our investment committee meeting yesterday, which was pretty in line with what Nir is saying. <clears throat> Basically, there's going to be questions, comments, concerns about, I'll say crypto generally, um, and you know, being able to articulate to a client our perspective on it, technical or not, is, I think, you know, more important now than, than probably ever. I think I find the biggest challenge for advisors to be able to recommend or have a stance on cryptocurrency is lack of information, right? Mike, you were saying in the investment committee meeting how you were talking about things Mark Cuban was saying about it. And I'm listening to you. I'm like, but what does Mark Cuban know? Like he's getting information from some, now 
Mark Cuban may be a bad example because he may have access to, I mean, if he wanted to, he can hire like a blockchain miner <laughs> and have that person educate him on it. Um, <clears throat> but the <clears throat> most people who are talking about cryptocurrency, when I say most, I mean like the majority of people out there, they're, they're just passing information that they hear from somewhere else. There's very few kind of experts that you're getting information from about it. Uh, I think it's similar to people who sell gold in a sense where a lot of people who are talking their crypto book have their own skin in the game. They, they run a crypto platform or a crypto fund and it's in their best interest to their, their own personal interest to have a lot of advisors buy crypto. Um, that's my biggest observation to it, which probably saying what you're saying, Jeff, which is that you have to, you have to find kind of unbiased discussions around the, the, what it is and what the potential is for it. It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's impossible. And I don't know how, so clients expect us to be able to get that information and then be able to provide them with guidance. And that's what we struggle with. Like it's so new right. and it's such an underdeveloped sector. We can't have that information. We just don't, we, we don't know it. And um, Schwab or TD or Vanguard can try to provide us, but it's all so new. And I thought this guy, like we're talking about, and the topic that we wanted to cover was how it's difficult for advisors to give clients good information and good guidance on such a new topic. Um, but this guy made, I thought he made really great points. If you were just thinking about owning crypto now, he made great points about you know some of the some of the speed bumps or some of the um, warning signs that you should be thinking about if if you were to buy it. And then he made another great point about look if if you're talking to like a responsible advisor, you know they're they're supposed to be fiduciaries for you. So it would be very difficult for one of them to make a recommendation that you should own any more than a small percentage in crypto because they're fiduciaries and they have to like they got to insulate you from hurting yourself so it won't make a difference win or lose if you put a small amount in crypto yeah i agree i agree if you if if you believe that this can be considered you know a unique asset class i'm using that term loosely um then like any other asset class you would never recommend anything more than a, a like a sensible allocation to it, right? Um, and I think, I think it's important. There's so many scams and frauds and like undeniable BS going on with all these tokens and coins. But right next to that, there's this technology, I'll call it, that has really, really important potential application when it comes to, you know, ownership records or... Um, the way payments are processed and that those sorts of things, which is what everyone's all excited about. And I think if you just continue to educate yourself about what that may mean, then I think you make the case that there should be a there should be a small allocation to it. I mean, Bitcoin is the is the obvious beneficiary of the whole blockchain technology and and, and the excitement around what that can mean for like ownership records of things and the decentralized part of that, how that all works. And, and, um, but then 
the Dogecoin stuff and all the other tokens and whatever that are just utterly, utterly ridiculous and made up. I mean, I think that's what that's what makes a lot of prudent advisors sort of say, all right, this is, you know, this is stay away. Just stay away for now because there's too much. It's the Wild West. I think that the, the financial element of it is far easier to wrap our brains around than the behavioral element and trying to <clears throat> convey to somebody who is seeing on it on Twitter people getting so incredibly rich off of whatever these coins mm -hmm. may be and having to to rein them in and having to tell them like yes that particular example worked out that way but there's so much more risk that you could be exposing yourself to by investing you know your life savings or your down payment or you know whatever version of that um in these types of, of speculative, relatively unknown investments. I mean, I think, and this is what we talked about, right? In the context of a full plan, if there's a modest allocation, like, yes, I, that we can wrap our brains around that and be okay with that. But it's the client who says like, oh, well, I made $100,000 in 12 months. Why wouldn't I do that again, right? And it's continuing to like have to battle with somebody behaviorally, um, I think is far more difficult. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Fear of missing out is, yeah. again, is so prevalent. And that, to me, explains way more behavior than, say, greed. We've mm -hmm. talked about this before. You, you, you see on social media, some, somebody made a gazillion dollars on it, on some, something like this. It seems so easy. Mm -hmm. um, or your, your buddy or your neighbor or someone you know. Um, that fear of missing out is powerful. Yeah. And I thought you said it best, Meg. Like if you're doing everything else right, right? You're saving in your 401k. You have 529 plans for your kids that you're contributing to. You have an emergency fund. Like you're, you're not, uh, you're living within your means. Like if you're doing all that stuff and you want to carve off five or 10 grand or whatever the amount is yeah. that, that fits your budget and put it into that, good on you. But it's like, I, 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 he did equate it to like the internet, like, mm -hmm. Right, cryptocurrency and blockchain is going to be the future, right? It's going to be established at some point. But between now and then, there are going to be a lot of cryptocurrency coins and companies that literally go out of business. And if you're trying to find the one that's going to make it and take your thousand bucks to a million, you're probably going to lose that thousand dollars. Right. So the best thing to do now for us as advisors is what, what I just said, like do everything else right and then take a little bit and then maybe you find like, maybe you find like an index like that they've created recently that can buy a bunch of these things or you take a flyer on one and know that it may just go out of business. Well, yeah, go out of business. It's not a business. It's just a, it's a, go to zero. It's a digital Become currency that less is, has been invented by someone. That, yeah is rendered worthless because right. everyone's using right. Bitcoin instead of Dogecoin. Right. Right. Like no one uses Dogecoin anymore. So others or maybe th I don't know yeah. how many there are now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's wild, man. And I, I, I mean, I'm obviously a very conser like conservative when it comes to my money. So I, I'd rather just like continue to save and accumulate wealth and try to hit a home run with one. Um, Cause like just the, like he says in the article, like the pain of losing Mm -hmm. Right. And then you have an advisor you can blame like, man, why did we pick that one? Or if you have an advisor that, to blame if you didn't get in, like, man, look what happened. Like, how did you not see that? Everybody was talking about it. 
It's just, it's not, it's not that simple. You're just, you, when you use hindsight, it's very easy to, sure. to point the finger, but. Yeah, and, and then just on a kind of more of a logistical note, you don't need your advisor to buy crypto. Mm -hmm. you, and that the article makes that point, which is, which is a good one. Um, it used to be if you wanted to buy a stock or a fund, you had to go through an intermediary. Right. And, um, until there are Bitcoin or digital currency funds that are acceptable and, and tradable, investable through platforms like Schwab and Fidelity and the like, then um, you're, you're not even involving your advisor because mm -hmm. they're, you know, they're, they're not involved in the transaction other than maybe providing advice, ancillary advice on it. So, um, but I think that'll all change. That definitely will all change. I think within like a year, if not sooner. I think they're agreed. And then there are just so many other elements that I think the like investor who's taking advantage of, of what if you want to call it this craze or whatever, things that they're not thinking about regulatory wise, estate planning wise, right? Capital gains taxes. Like there's so many pieces to owning an asset that like the person who's buying in Robin Hood has zero consideration for. And I think that's where the advisors need to be given like a little bit of time to understand the implications of purchases, of sales, of passing, of you dying and your, you know, Coinbase account, what happens to it, yeah. right? Like the, there are just elements to this that are so unique and so new that it's, it's far more nuanced than buying Apple stock or, you know, it, it's just different. And, you know, I think in a way we need to be given that time and maybe grace to like figure out the best way to even convey those concerns of ours, which are beyond allocation, right? And investing in it. Just, okay, now you own it. What happens if something happens to you? Right. And also one answer I think is, is that the regulators are all over it. Um, they are laser focused on the whole, they'll call it digital currency and, you know, world of the blockchain. And many, I, I think many of the purveyors of it, the ones that run platforms, love it. Because once the regulators are, are able to actually come in and apply some, some framework and structure around the market as a whole, it legitimizes it so much more. And, yeah. and I think as advisors, that's one answer, which is, hey, this is really still way unregulated. And we're not comfortable necessarily yeah. until it is. Um, and it will be. Right. So. All right. So from crypto to upgrading your iPhone. <laughs> Great segue. <laughs> <laughs> the true cost of upgrading your phone from Brian Chen of the New York Times. This article is the more modern version of Susie Orman's infamous. If you waste money on coffee, it's like peeing $1 million down the drain. How much more money would you have if you didn't upgrade your cell phone and instead invested those dollars? I hate these things. <laughs> this guy's just a rube. I can't. What'd you call him? A rube. <laughs> what is that? Like a neophyte. Okay. Yeah. Just that something you would do? a new word every week. On the <laughs> is that We're gonna have the the fun fact yeah. followed by Mike's vocab lesson. You would like toss that in the schoolyard at somebody <laughs> to, to really yeah, put them yeah. down. But like Susie's analogy, it is so disingenuous to to imply that spending a thousand dollars in now dollars in today's dollars is 
somehow equating to what it would grow to in 30 years, which in that his case, it was $17,000. $17,000 30 years from now is like 4,000 in now dollars. I, yeah. don't, I don't know exactly, but it's something like that. And, and, to, and to suggest that if you just don't upgrade your iPhone, you're gonna you know, reward your future self with all this you know, in, investment game, and most of that's inflation anyway. It's just stupid. You can't make that. You can't make that case. And not only that, most people. I mean, nobody's going to argue that an iPhone is cheap, but I would say that most people um, derive a tremendous amount of value out of the th- thousand bucks that they spend on an iPhone. By the way, never all at once. It's so usually over two years anyway. Which so I think I financed mine over seventeen. Years. <laughs> yeah, over seventeen. Yeah, but like I can't. I, it, it bothers me when people don't when people mix up nominal and real dollars which is there's a huge difference between nominal which is the actual amount of dollars and real which is adjusted for inflation i think when you look at the sheer cost of an iphone and then what you get out of it it's like the best deal on the planet (laughs) planet, yeah well, it's I, a value. I, I take my wife out to dinner. It's 150 bucks. We had a great time. You can't like replace that time and that meal. It's over. <laughs> right? Like your iPhone, yeah. it gets me from A to B with, with the Maps app. It's my phone calls. It's how I communicate with everyone I, I, I know and care about. Like I do work from it. Like it's cra- It's a crazy value. But we look at it for some whatever reason because the flip phones were like 60 bucks. We look at an iPhone like, oh my God, a thou- what are they, crazy? Dude, they could charge like 3000 for it and it's worth it. And I think all of that, yes. It's also like these, and I'm not saying $1,000 is inconsequential, but like spending your money on a house you can't afford is what's going to derail the train. It's not buying the $1,000 iPhone. It's not going to Wawa for lunch four days a week. It's like... Those are not things that actually lead to financial ruin, like the way that this this article is is trying to present this. That like you would be so much better off by not purchasing these relatively small ticket items. Yeah, I mean, there's no like super cheap alternative. I mean, um, maybe you could still get a BlackBerry for like 150 bucks. But- <laughs> well, is, aren't the Samsungs like? A couple hundred bucks. The difference is you you give away all privacy. <laughs> no, it's true. It's I think that's true. I, I'm not sure. I mean, like the cheapest, like legitimate competitor to an iPhone has to be at least four hundred bucks. I think they actually <clears throat> might have quoted it in here. So look, we have software that can show you if you like, if you were to go and buy that boat and spend sixty thousand dollars on the boat, like what that what that purchase cost you. What the opportunity cost is, basically. If you made is- decisions to buy stuff based on the lost opportunity, you wouldn't buy anything. Of, mm-hmm. uh, of course, right? If I buy a new car for thirty grand instead of keeping my old car, like what that cost me over the next 30 years, you wouldn't buy anything. Like yeah, it, I agree. At, at some point, we have to start measuring, like, like I'm Mike Trainer. I'm rocking a, an, an iPhone 6, like it's time to upgrade. Got twelve now. Well, yeah. Well, what did you have before the twelve? Eleven. <laughs> no, before that one. Probably a six <laughs> or maybe a three. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It's it's just um, these articles. Back to these are. I think this should be the last article of this kind that we talk about because it's just frustrating. Yeah. Okay. 
It's official. <laughs> no more lost opportunity costs on minimal purchases. And I mean, we can stop talking about them, but people need to stop writing them too. Yeah. He's probably got some beef with Apple. Maybe. No, he just needed, it, it was his turn to, to submit an article and he had to come up with something to write about. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. Brian Chen is the lead consumer technology writer. He reviews products and writes blah, 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 blah. Before joining the Times in 2011, he reported on Apple. He got canned. <laughs> now he's pissed. It's, that's clear. It's obvious. <laughs> there you go. It's very obvious. All right. Facebook knows Instagram is to- toxic for teen girls. Company documents show. This is from Georgia Wells, Jeff Horwitz, and Deepa Sitharaman. For the past three years, Facebook has been conducting studies into how its photo sharing app, Instagram, affects its millions of young users. And repeatedly, the company's researchers found that the app is harmful for a sizable percentage of them, most notably young girls. The findings of this study were reported in, in the article. There is a lot to unpack with this article. Oh, you've got to take that back. I'm sorry. Uh, I just wanted to. I just wanted to say that. I just wanted to say. No, I mean, there's the whole idea of like Facebook just isn't being responsible. They're not. They're 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 taking this information, and then they're trying to skew it so it's not as bad as it is. Like that's 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 some bullshit right there. And then there's the other side of it is like, well, how much? Like the whole side of like social media and that and and how harmful that is to our kids. Sure. And when you say taking this information, you mean knowable, like what they know about how the app affects the kids? Yeah. And is like, that what you're saying? I was yeah. reading part of the article where they said how it's really not that bad. Like this is a small sample size. We're not trying right. to diminish like mental health issues with children, but it's really not as bad. Bullshit. It's bad. Right. Which I think anybody, parents, I'm sure, but anybody who has a social media account, like I can't see how anybody would be surprised by these findings. Like, if, is anyone shocked? If you're on social media at any, at any level, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, you have encountered feelings of depression or I'm not good enough. I mean, I would say like 100%. Mm-hmm. Anyone that... Now, I know I have. Did I, did I let that that feeling kind of overtake me and and send me down a road of depression? No. But I would like, man, that dude freaking works out. Holy hell, I don't work out as much like, as much as I should. Like I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, why would I even why would that thought even come into my brain? I know why. Because these freaking apps have made it happen. Like they're doing things to make that they, they see that I clicked on like a fitness routine and then they just funneled fitness people into my feed mm-hmm. and then you just mm-hmm. click on more like they've designed it well, to freaking make you go crazy it, it, you know that social dilemma doc described it did you guys see that it was awesome it was right. awesome and you talked in, in scary depth about how how deep these algorithms go into doing just that which is to reinforce and, and obviously it's all it's all because the 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 better targeted the ads are, the more money this company makes. Can we talk about Zuck for a second? What a creep this dude is. Remember, Facebook was started in his dorm room as an app to rate how hot or not the girls were. This is what this dude did to start this company. Right. And now it's that times a million because it's not only Facebook for, I'll just call it for suburban moms, right? (laughs) Yeah. Then Instagram, which is for 
teenage girls mostly. Um, they were trying to they were trying to launch uh, a, another one for under thirteen year old kids. Jesus Christ! And then they, he sits there and they 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 just blatantly lie about the extent to which. And then you talk about socially responsible companies. Everyone's like, oh, the oil companies. Oh, the green, the, the, the brown. What about these guys? Mm-hmm. What social responsibility? So how much responsibility should Facebook have? Because I think we disagree on this a little bit. It's where Probably. I it's it's where I struggle because I, I agree with everything that you're saying and with what the article is sharing. But at some point, what responsibility falls to the user? Like... You're on the app. Now, I understand me as 32-year-old fully mm. developed person is far different than 13-year-old Sally. Like, I get that. And I'm not pro-Facebook, pro-Instagram, or pro-social media. I guess I just struggle with, like, we're there because we chose to be. No one required you to be there. And that's where I find it difficult to blame all of it on these on the app we're not talking about you though and you said it perfectly the 32 year old developed right i have 10 year olds and 13 year olds and 14 year olds that are and 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 maybe that's my fault as a parent but like my kids have devices they want to be on these platforms because all of their friends are that's how they communicate like they have to take responsibility just like the nfl takes responsibility just like pro sports They are putting out a product that they know young kids are watching. So the NFL said, if you score a touchdown and do a throat slash, you're fined. You're suspended. Like, you can't do that. They understand their product, and they take steps to control how they're exposing that product to other people. But, sorry. Instagram, Facebook, they allow things to get posted that are false. Like, it's, it's not real. And a 10-year-old seeing that doesn't understand it's not real. You can't, as a journalist, write an article that's absolutely false. You lose your job. You get discredited. Why are they not discredited for allowing things to be posted that are absolutely false? Jeff wins. One for Jeff. Zero for Meg? I... I, I... It's hard to defend, dude. It's it's hard to defend, and I'm I'm not trying to defend it. I feel like that's very important to make clear. I guess I'm taking a little bit of the other side because the posts are posts by other users. Instagram isn't creating the 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 user. These I mean, they're other people who are on the app who are leveraging the algorithm that Instagram has created to to create to to create their following to to build their brand like that's Instagram's fault too and like your example about the NFL all we know about CTE they're not controlling their product everybody all the kids still play tackle football like there's no way that any any product could fully insulate any user from any risk. At least that's impossible. N- at least the NFL is taking steps. And tobacco companies dragged their feet and lied for years and years and years about things that they knew that were um, the health risks of smoking cigarettes until they finally got, you know, not that it, I guess not that it really changed anything. Didn't change a damn thing. But but I mean, in this case, for for Zuckerberg and Facebook to just 
basically deny that they have any role in the outcome downstream for especially young girls. And it's not just young girls, but it's a lot of people. Yeah. Is is bullshit, in my opinion. I think I think that that's it's just incredibly unethical, I think. On I part. agree. I agree. They have a huge, huge, huge role. I just don't know if I feel if I feel like they're solely responsible for something that no one requires you to do. They're not solely responsible. They have to make more of an effort to That's do fair. a better job with it. Hey, Absolutely. listen, cigarettes are, are physically addictive, right? Mm-hmm. Instagram is emotionally addictive and yeah. it's, it's chemicals in your brain. It's no different. It's yeah. no different. And I think that that lack of acknowledgement is bullshit. And it's not going to hurt your revenue, man. Oh, yes, it will. No, it won't. Like at, at the end, whatever they whatever steps they have to take to do it, they got to do it right. Just like you, you watch a, a, a bet MGM ad or and at the end of every one call 1-800-GAMBLE if you have a gambling problem. <laughs> like, right. Like on every box of cigarettes, there's a disclaimer that says, like, if you're pregnant, don't smoke. Yeah. But, but like but revenue is directly attributed to or, or tied to um duration of engagement so if the answer is to not engage and disengage from all the you know the 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 bullying or the body shaming or whatever it is that that all those things that go on then then yes their revenue gets hit they got to just fewer fig- users they got to figure out other ways man that where, where we don't, they don't show you how many followers you have so that people aren't just obsessed with how many followers and and look sure, yeah well that that train has left i don't man. know i don't know how you do that but they're smart Figure it out. Figure it out. That's their responsibility, man. Eliminate followers. Eliminate the, the, the number of followers. And we may say, that's like they can't. That's what it's all built on. No, they'll figure something else out. That when they be... eliminated the counting of likes. Right. This is one of the top, what, three most valuable companies in this country. I mean, it's enormous and enormously important to the, I mean, to the, it's woven into the fabric. I mean, Facebook, yeah. Insta. Um, I would love to have it just disappear and see and then like and like poll people like a year later. Is your life been improved or diminished because Facebook went away and Instagram went away? Like what percentage do you think would be like, oh my God, I'm like so I'm so clamoring for it to come back? I think small business owners who have leveraged social media in really positive ways to grow their businesses would be devastated. And I'm not saying that they're more important than kids. I, I just like there it, it isn't all bad. And I know we're we're talking about the bad and there there should be some way to balance it. I don't know what the answer is. I mean they I don't know how, how you do it, but there are a lot of people who leverage it in positive, important, and useful ways. And unfortunately, you know, it's led to so, so much negative for such an impressionable group of humans that, yeah, like revamping it is probably the only way you fix it, Yeah, which could be detrimental for a lot of other users. That's, I guess, why I feel like when you, when you say like how responsible is fit, it just feels so big. Like shutting it down is not an option. Shutting it down may be the only way to fix what the problem that they've created, which I would argue is definitely their fault. Like before social media, this wasn't an issue. You compared yourself to others, but like in the sense when you saw them in person and they were people you would like kind of knew. You weren't comparing them to these completely abstract unknown humans. But I mean, is it is it the ad model versus 
versus a subscription model. Like the, the ad model play. requires for, for them to grow, to have longer participation, more eyeballs, more users, more engagement that directly flows to the bottom line. And, and subscription models obviously don't have, have that. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if I had to pay for Instagram, delete. What about Twitter? I would pay for Twitter. Yeah, I would pay for Twitter too. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Be socially responsible and just figure it out, man. And I'm saying that as if it's like it's that easy. No, this may right. take a decade, but like, the decade of kids after them will be so much more beneficial from that. They, they, I think they have to figure it out. It's too. And maybe I'm biased because I see that shit with my kids and their friends and you hear about all these stories. It's no. like so prevalent. It's an absolutely undeniable cause and effect with the yes. level of anxiety and depression and horrible things that these kids are dealing with and doing um, to this. There's, there's, there's just no question. So, I mean, to me, that's like the, the beginning and end. Then there's something has to be, something should be done. Again, Meg, you're right. I don't know what. It's, yeah. it's a very big challenge. All right. All right. So let's start to fight against Facebook. We didn't fix anything in no. that. No. <laughs> Top five things named after people. Things named after people. How do we do, team? I think I did pretty well. Yeah. You want to go first yeah, or you do wanna, you want to sure. lead off? Sure. Right. I think we might have some overlap. I don't think we will. I think mine are very obscure. Uh, number five for me is the Les Paul. Les Paul is a very popular guitar. Yep, yep. That's named a good one. after the guitarist, Les oh, Paul. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to go with another instrument. Adolf Sax. The saxophone was Did named not after know that. Adolf Sax. Jacuzzi Hot Tubs. The inventor's last name was Jacuzzi. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, this is more of like like an action. Like if you got hit in the head with a golf club, Verb. you've been Tiger woods I've never heard that. Yeah, dude, that doesn't That count. absolutely counts. I think you just made that up. Dude. I don't think. Who? <laughs> First of all, getting hit in the head with a golf club. I mean, You've been Tiger Woods. How often does it happen? Not often, but it's right. a thing. Right. Okay. No, it's not. <laughs> All right, my number one is St. Patrick's Day. Okay. That works. Okay. Why are you questioning it? No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. That was just it like... Was, it's named after St. Patrick. Right. It was just very simple compared to the other four that you gave. Yeah. But it was a good one. I don't really love mine, so you can, you can end it. <laughs> I'll go in the middle. Um, Morse code. Ooh, that's a good one. Sammy Morse. Yeah. Pennsylvania. Shout out, home state, William Penn. Um, obviously, I had to do a little basketball. The Larry O'Brien Trophy. It's mm -hmm. the championship mm -hmm. trophy. It's okay. named after a former NBA commissioner. Okay, so I Googled this because I was curious where the name came from. And there's a couple different answers, but I'm going to go with the one that sounds coolest. The Oscars. So there was a librarian who worked for, I guess, like the Academy. And she saw the trophy as it was designed. And this was like in 1911 or 1912. And she said it looked like her Uncle Oscar. 
No way. Now, there's also could someone. Be a myth. Could right. Be a myth. There's someone who says it's because of Oscar Wilde. So, like, there's, you know, there's some speculation. It's but... definitely named after an Oscar yeah. out there. Yeah. 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 Um, it's a very strange name for an award, like, when you think about, it, like, the Oscar. Well, and the Oscar goes to. Right. Well, it's the Academy Award, which makes sense, right? The Academy of, I guess, mm-hmm. cinema or whatever. And then it, to have gone to the Oscars yeah, is strange. It's yeah, it's great. Um, and then I went with Columbia, South America, is named after Christopher Columbus. It's Christopher Columbus gets a lot of, yeah. Wow. A lot of credit around these parts, but he's got a con- full. Very controversial one there, Meg. Full country in South America. I think they're naming things after people less and less these days. (laughs) So are they going to rename Columbia? Um, I don't think Christopher Columbus has the same... um, Negative connotation? As he... In Columbia as he does here. You know, like full genocides. (laughs) (laughs) Not that's anything to laugh about. All right, take us home, Mike. All right, I got the triple axle. Also, it could be the double axle. Really? Yeah. I don't know the first name of the of the dude, but um, Axel his, like the skate. His move? last name was Axel, a Norwegian figure skater. Huh. Early in the uh, about a hundred years ago. Okay. Oh, you know that's a good one. I didn't even think about that. Axel. Mm-hmm. Like Simone Biles has like multiple moves named after her now. Yeah. Huh. That's cool. I got the old Zamboni. <laughs> really, Frank? I'm not sure if it's Frank. It's like Frank Zamboni. <laughs> oh, good old Frank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did he invent the Zamboni? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's he was tired all, of, like, shoveling off the... All of them are, are called just yeah, the Zamboni. Yeah. yeah. They have a, they have a, they've cornered the market. <laughs> I've got Eggs Benedict, because apparently there was some French uh, oh. person with the name Benedict that invented it. You should be all over that one. That's, yeah. like, your favorite breakfast meal. It is. I just had one over the weekend. It was avocado, roasted red pepper, and an egg. Is there ham involved or no? This one did not have. Typically? Typically, it's like Canadian ham, I think. And with a hollandaise sauce? On an English muffin. Wow. That's mm-hmm. phenomenal. Poached egg. I'm hungry. Uh, I got the Arnold Palmer. Oh. oh how did I miss Jeff that one? That's a good one. How did I miss that? Know, right? Or you could have gone John Daly. Yeah. yeah. God. And then uh, my last one is the Hail Mary. The Hail Mary pack. Wow. Mike, you win. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That is phenomenal. The Hail Mary. I know. He's so good. I know. We're so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. See ya. Take care.